Welcome to Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people at Summit Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. We gather each week in the heart of St. Paul on historic Summit Avenue, where our mission is to create rhythm, opportunity, and location where people like you can have life-changing experiences with God. Our podcast is one of those locations. As followers of Christ, we are doing our best to be on mission, disciple others, deliver hope, and champion this city. At any point in your journey with us today, if you want to take a next step or you just want to stay in the loop with everything going on at Summit, just grab your phone and simply text the phrase, be known, all one word, be known to the number 651-360-2908. We will send you a short form that makes it super easy for you to complete. There's always new opportunities to mention and new ways that you can get involved. One of the rhythms that is important to following Jesus and important to us at Summit is studying scripture. As we study the Bible, we can have one, hope, two, find guidance, three, be corrected, and four, receive truth into our lives. Listen in and lean in with us wherever you are, open up God's word, and hear this week's message. It's a real privilege to be here. If you're like me, and I know I am, then it's just fun to be in church, fun to be together, fun to worship together. And um, what a privilege for Vicki and I to come back. It was a wonderful journey when we were here with you. And uh, we just want to say thanks to uh, the, the team that invited us and Pastor Yuri. Um, your pastor and I keep in touch over the weeks. Uh, as you know, he uh, gets a lot of um, communication over the waves one way or another, and so um, he's a, what, what a great job you guys are doing together with him. Uh, you know, Vicki and I started a church with no people, and uh, it, it isn't much fun when you're just pastoring no people, so I'm glad that you guys are joining in and uh, working with him. Turnaround churches are hard, and... Um, Right now, you guys are in the midst of a great turnaround, and Pastor is uh, leading the way, and uh, he, he, he's kind of a, he expects radical change twice as fast as it's going to happen, so <laughs> try to keep up with him, and thank you for staying, staying with him. He is a unique leader, and uh, not many churches in the urban are able to land a pastor like him and get things going down the right road. And so thank you. And uh, Danielle is an amazing uh, queen of the church, and we thank the Lord for her. Um, thank God for what's going on. You know, uh, yesterday, uh, this week, Vicki and I were uh, taking a walk uh, in a mall. We don't have the courage to walk outside, so we were walking in a mall. And uh, we run into Neil... Um, the pastor at Cedar Valley, and Neil Rich said to us, I hear that Summit is really going well. And so let, let's, let me just say, the news is out, things are going well here, and people are happy. And so I just want to say thank the Lord for what's going on and how God is using it. Amen. When I first heard that Eric was interested in this church, I was so excited about it, and then we had to put it on pause, and every Sunday, I, 
I should say almost every Sunday I was here, people would say to me, why can't we have Eric? And I said, keep praying, because it was on hold and it wasn't something we were working on for a while. And it's happening. We've been praying, and you've been you prayed through on it. And um, I just want to I just want to say the rest is history. And so I'm so thankful that um, God is on the throne and He's working with us. The assignment that some of, that some of us have for the speaking as um, assignment is about the church is a story, and everyone in the church has a story. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Um, have you ever found yourself uh, like in an airport or in a mall and you start watching people? How many have done that? It's kind of like fun. And uh, if someone looks sad, I try to think, why are they sad? If someone looks happy, I think, why in the world are they happy? And, uh, and we look at different things like that. <clears throat> and it kind of keeps us entertained as we watch people and I wonder what their story is. I wonder what each story is. You can, you can uh, perhaps guess uh, some of the things that you think they might be going through, but you really don't know unless you talk to them. It's, it's interesting how we um, uh, idly go by life, and there are all kinds of stories around us, and we're oblivious to the story that might be sitting right next to you in church. I don't know about you but I'd like to be more in tune with people's stories that are right around us. Sometimes we miss uh, helping others. Um, it's true, everyone does have a story to tell. If you just take time to listen. You know, I like to ask hard questions and sometimes uh, if we just say, well, what's your business? What you up to? Where do you live? Things happen and that's true. Each of us have our own story. So what's your story this morning? It's been said that life is, is like a book full of blank pages, and we are writing chapters of our story as we go through life. You're writing a chapter. You're on a page right now, today. We all have different chapters in our life. Some of you, I saw, I saw some babies here in the back row there. You're... You're in the beginning stages of a great time with your kids. Some of us are in the middle. I shouldn't say some of us. People are in the middle, and some of us are at the end. Uh, actually, not at the end, but at the, the further along stage, you know. Think for a moment about what the chapter titles of your life and your and your. Um, journey might be. Sometimes we look back at life and we have um, different chapter titles. I, I was born in Farmington, Minnesota, lived there for seven years. Then we moved to St. James. That was great. St. John from St. James. That was a great chapter for us. And I was there for 12 years. And then uh, moved to Minneapolis, was there six years. Then up in Hibbing for 21 years. Then down to Bloomington, where my kids went to high school. Now I'm in Lakeville, where my grandkids are in high school, and it's been a lot of fun. <clears throat> if you move around a lot, you might have a longer list than that, but how many have lived like in six places or more, six cities or more in your lifetime? How many 
kind of been in one or two places. Wow. Surprised. Um, we uh, grew up in kind of a different situation. We, uh, my mom, my mom and dad didn't. We didn't own a house, so we would rent, and we'd kind of fix it up, and they'd put the rent up, so we'd move again. And uh, and so we lived in seven places in um, thirteen years. My mom heard that um, most accidents. 90% of the accidents happened within 10 miles of home, so we moved a lot. <laughs> trying, trying to get away from that statistic, and um, so we had the different chapters. Vicki and I um, had some wonderful chapters in our life, and um, we, ha we lived in all kinds of places. Did I skip a whole page here? I did. And so anyway... Uh, if you come to our house, I take you down to our my office, and I show you a little collage of our places that Vicky and I have called home for more than 50, uh, over the years for more than 54 years together. And each house represents a, a special um, place in our heart. So I want you to look at the that's a little collage, but I'll let you see it a little more clearly. That upstairs apartment when we moved to Hibbing is the only place in town for rent. So we took it, and what are you going to do? It was two blocks from church, and so then we moved down those two blocks, and this is uh, the church that we had, and we, uh, we divided that church in half, worshipped in half of it, and built an apartment in the other half, and so then uh, when we moved out, we made the other part of an apartment. Then we moved out to the church, back there where that guy's painting is an apartment, so we lived in the church apartment for another several years, and then in 1976, Vicki thought we went to heaven because we went into a parsonage. We weren't living in the church anymore. Uh, then we moved to Bloomington, and uh, that was a wonderful opportunity for us. It was the only lot in East Bloomington where we wanted to live that was for sale at the time. And so we found that, and we saw the Lord guiding us, and now we live in Lakeville, and um, it's been a fun journey, but each place has a significant part in our heart. And so um, that's one of our stories that we like to, like to have um, talk about. <clears throat> some things are separate our, some people separate their lives into, into what they did in their life. Um, I have a youth pastor section of my life. I have a senior pastor church planting section of my life, and I have a superintendent package in my life. But I have the interim, which has been a lot of fun. We've been, Vicki and I have been on six interims, and um, Summit is a very important part of that journey. And we got to be here for, um, it seemed like it went by fast for us, but for some of you, it seemed like it was forever. And so it depends on where you're sitting in the story of life. And uh, sometimes we uh, also look through a different lens of various seasons of our life. Uh, you remember your childhood. That was wonderful time. Teenage years were fun and hard. At the same time, young adult, newly married. We all have great memories of, of newly married. <laughs> Some are more rocky than others. 
And they say, if you make it through the first two years, you're doing well. So that was good. Then we had our kids, <laughs> the empty nest. I like that part, the empty nest. Now, if you're a teenager, don't your parents aren't looking forward to it at all. But anyway, uh, we love that. And then there's a grandparent part. And if you're really blessed, and we're not quite there yet, you have great-grandkids. So um, those are fun journeys in life. Let me just say, don't miss out on any section of your life and say, I can't wait to the next chapter. Uh, one of our teenage grandsons, he thinks he wants to get married fast. It's a long ways off. But um, don't wish your life away. <clears throat> Divide your life into the happy. Maybe some people have a happy and a sad part of your life. We've all had that. We've all had happy. We've all had sad. We hope the sad goes by fast. We hope the happy never ends. And so um, if you're in a sad chapter right now, it's not the last chapter. God's got a, another chapter to write for you, and uh, that's an exciting thing. I'm guessing that all of us have gone through some valleys and all of us have had some great lives, but life has many chapters. One bad chapter doesn't mean it's the end of the book. Just remember that. There's another page coming. There's another page coming. So let's go after it if you're in a place where you need a new place, a new, a new uh, chapter to start in your life. Um, maybe even maybe even wondered um, uh, what, how you've made it through. Uh, but then we found out that it, we all survived those hard chapters. Um, we're here to celebrate. We're over it. And if you're in the middle of it, it's, the end is coming. Uh, however you choose the title of your chapters of your life, um, you can think you would agree to... Uh, the greatest um, consequence, the greatest choice that you ever made in your life um, is, is the part from moving from lost to found. Yeah. I was blind. Amen. Thanks for ending it. Life before Christ, life with Christ. We all, most of us, have that experience. If you're here this morning and you haven't enjoyed the life with Christ, uh, it's coming. It's possible for you to have it. There was a time when we were trying to write our own story. There was a time when we uh, thought we were headed in the wrong, in the right direction, but there was heartache and and uh, misery and, and death and destruction coming our way. For the Bible says um, there is a way that seems right to man uh, but the end thereof is death. And so maybe you're in the process of making a great choice to move to a new part of life with Jesus, and uh, there's going to be a chance for you to do that today. Forever, uh, However, at some junction, uh, we allowed the Lord to look into our life and to see, uh, see what we needed, and we asked him to join us. Um, we allowed God to step into the picture of our life and uh, become a part. And I love that part. Um, some could be here today that you've never 
ask Jesus to be a part of your journey. And so um, most of us are familiar with the story of Moses. Um, if, you, if you aren't, a lot of you have heard of the Ten Commandments, and um, maybe all of us have. When God had finished speaking to, to Moses in, Ezekiel, or in Exodus chapter 20, 31, verse 18, when he quit finished speaking to him, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written by the finger of God. Deuteronomy tells us some of the rest of the story. It said, so I turned and came down from the mountain, Moses said, while the mountain was burning with fire and the two tablets of stone were in my two hands. I saw that you had, uh, he's talked about, he was talking to, to the children of Israel. I saw that you had indeed sinned against the Lord our God. and You had made for yourself a molten calf. You have turned aside quickly from the way which the Lord had commanded. How can a whole nation do that in 40 days? It's amazing, isn't it? Be careful. Satan tries to trip us up along the way. Um, and so <clears throat> uh, the next part Moses did was kind of a disaster for him and for the children of Israel. He took hold of the two tablets of, and threw them from his hands and smashed them before their eyes. Praise God, that's not the end of the story. Then the Lord told Moses, chisel out two more stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. You know, some of us have smashed our life up pretty good in one way or another. Um, you won't believe it, but I had a moment or two in my life when I was smashing what God wanted to do in my life. And um, I know you don't think that could happen to me, but it did. Well, you, I shouldn't say you knew that, but um, when I read this verse, I'm reminded about some of the tablets of stones that I've kind of smashed that were uh, messing up God's plan for my life. And um, I tried to, I mean, I just tried to go my own way. Uh, but God is even better at making things right. I love how the message translates uh, Psalms 118, verse 24. God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. God wants to rewrite the text of your life. When we let God rewrite the scriptures of our life, we begin to see what he can really do for us. Now, one thing I didn't do, and when I'm a guest speaker, I never do, is ask what time we quit. Because I'm not interested in that. I want to finish what I'm doing here. So uh, I know I know Pastor Eric is a, like a 20-minute guy, and you guys get out of here in a hurry. Uh, thanks, Pastor Eric, for giving me some space. Um, God likes to take the very things that we smashed and ruined and rewrite the ending of our story. I'm glad he does. Aren't you glad, Jonathan? Amen. Freedom from those things that bound us. Beauty becomes from the ashes that are in our life. Joy replaces a spirit of heaviness. Uh, none of us know the twists and the turns that are ahead in our life. But here's what we do know. We know that God 
is working for us and for the best for our future. And so the good news is he rewrites the end of our story and it's a happy one. The end of your story is going to be happy if you're following the Lord. Uh, God is into your story. He intervenes in your life. He wants us to know his story. He wrote a wonderful book for us to read. It's an amazing book. Some of you have read it from cover to cover. Some of you haven't read it yet, but it's your chance. When you open the pages, we discover that the human history is already wrapped up in every part of Scripture. And uh, C.S. Lewis put it this way, history is a story written by the finger of God. He's the one who is there in the very beginning. It's hard for us to comprehend this, but he was there in the beginning and he'll be there at the end. He is the one who declares uh, that time, he's the one that will declare in the future that time will be no more. And uh, as, the, as the psalmist wrote, before the mountains were born and uh, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Our, our, our minds can't really comprehend the fact that before there were mountains, before there was a world, there was God. We can't really grasp that. Uh, we know it, we believe it, but um, it's hard to comprehend. His book tells us that he was, he is, and he always will be. The book tells us a lot of, about other things in life, and um, it is literally filled with stories about all sorts of people the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all found in the Bible. Once in a while when I read this Old Testament, it's overwhelming. How many people get killed and how many fights there are and how many wars are going on. These stories are there for a purpose. They allow us to find our story in the pages of the Bible. It's there for you. Um, whatever your situation Whatever you've done or not done, uh, this book has a description of your life and of your story from someone else's life. Not only do we find our story, but we find meaning to our story in the pages of his story, this book. If you've never read it, there's a bunch of great days ahead for you as you pick up God's, God's word and read it. Uh, we find comfort. We find help. Even find direction from the stories in the book that God has given to us. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 11 and 12. <clears throat> These are all warning markers on danger in, the, in our history books written down so that we uh, don't repeat their mistakes. Paul is talking about the Old Testament is full of this. Our uh, position in the story are parallel. Uh, they are at the beginning, we are at the end, and we are just as capable of messing things up as they were. Um, how many ever messed up something in your life? Almost a third of us. That's horrible to think that many people have made a mistake. I can't believe that. But uh, the Bible, <coughs> the Bible is here to help us. It's here to give you strength and direction. 
I was speaking the other day, and and uh, someone brought me a cough drop, and someone else wanted to give me water, and someone said, I hope your voice gets better. I said, if my voice gets any better, it won't be my voice. So um, the gospel tells us the story of Jesus. We are told that he would sit down and say the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he would share the story. Matthew tells us that Jesus spoke all these things <clears throat> to the crowd in parables or in stories. Jesus uh, taught his great truth with stories. And so um, he did not say anything to them, the Bible says, without amazing. I'm going to tell Eric there, when I just mentioned something, they're right there to help, and thank you very much. <clears throat> These stories enabled the people to listen to the, what the Lord was trying to say so they could understand the deep truths of Scripture. <clears throat> Have you ever heard someone's story or, or read it and said, that's exactly what I needed today? How many of you have had that happen? It's amazing what other people's stories can do for us. Your story can do that for someone else. I want to encourage you in this. Um, he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. That's really an encouragement. Um, Morgan Nichols writes this. Tell the story of your mount, of the mountain you climbed. Why? Because it becomes a page of someone else's survival. Have you told your story lately? You say, you know, well, I'm kind of perfect. I don't have any stories like that. Baloney. <laughs> we all have a bad moment in our life that we can share and how God gave us victory. God gives you victory so you can help someone else in their journey. So, um, wow, your story can be a survival help to someone else. <clears throat> so true. When we share what God has done for us, it strengthens us and it strengthens them. I like that. <clears throat> what... Uh, Here's a bit of advice that we we go about living when we go about living our, our the rest of our life. Your life is a story. So write well, edit often, write your story. I got these um, mechanical pencils. I think they're called. They used to be called Eversharps. Got one, and. I got a great eraser on mine because I need it. I need a erase. I, I'm not. I never write it down right the first time, and so write your plans in pencil. Make sure you have a good eraser, and give God the pen. Give God the pen. He'll he'll do it right, and he'll help you. How your story turns out is important. <clears throat> 
vitally important to you, it's important how my story turns out. Vitally important to others, your family, your friends, those around you, those that love you. Vitally important to God. You know, your story is important to God. He actually sent his son to die on the cross so he could make your story have a great ending. And so uh, it's so important that scripture tells us that God has a book that contains your story. It's kind of scary. God has a book that contains my whole story. In fact, he has books without numbers. Everyone that's ever lived, he has a book on. Contains the story of every person. God has a book on your life. You say, well, I'm not a follower of Christ. It doesn't matter. I'm a great Christian. It doesn't matter. God has a book on your life and uh, on my life. And so I'm glad someone's keeping track of me because I'm not too good at it myself. And so here we go. <clears throat> John the Revelator <clears throat> gives us a glimpse of this uh, massive library that we're talking about. He writes in the Revelation, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place uh, for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, stand before the throne, and the books were opened. Everyone has a book. Another book was opened, which is the book, the book of life. Okay, notice that there are books, and then there is the book. We all are in the book. Uh, we all are in these books, and I hope everyone in this room is in the book. The dead are judged according to what, is, what they have done as recorded in the books. Verse uh, 15 zeroes, on, zeroes in on the book, the book that the, the important part of what all of us are looking forward to, it is called the book of life. Anyone whose name is not found, the Bible says, written in the book of life, was thrown into the lake of fire. Don't leave this morning without having your name written in the book. He wants to write your name in his book. You know, <clears throat> life goes on and we forget there's a heaven and a hell. We just kind of live on. We got, if someone mentions that, we kind of smooth it over. Well, let me just tell you, there's a heaven and there's a hell. God's word tells us about it. And um, he wants us all to come to heaven with him. I like that. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we get so caught up in the details of, of our story that we forget that there, it's an impact on other people and on ourselves. And so the church is here. We're not a club, you know, like a country club. The church isn't here to be a club. We're here to be a force. And we're supposed to be touching our world, not just... Uh, not just life, not just your life has a story, but our church has a story. Those stories have chapters. For instance, the church that I pastored went to the city. It was closed three times. And so um, here's the history of Hibbing Church. Opened, struggled, closed. Opened, struggled, closed. Opened, struggled, closed. And then God let Vicki and I be a part of a new story. It's exciting. 
it read like this, open, growing, thriving. That's what God wants for your life. That's what God wants for Summit Church. It's a great historic, I, I love looking at those pictures out there. <clears throat> great historic church. And uh, the best days are still ahead. Only three people heard that. The best days are still ahead. Amen, amen. Vicki and I had, had a story <clears throat> up in Hibbing. We were on 4th Avenue West, the wrong side of town in an ugly church. No one wanted to come. We brought, we brought someone by, uh, and they looked at it, and they said, oh, I'm Methodist. You know, They can always find another name if they don't want to come. Then we, uh, we built a new building. We went out on the highway where people could find us. And then we... And then we uh, went to two services, got packed out, so we had to go to the high school. And it, it was during a, a downtime economically, so it took us four years to build our church. We had to build it by ourselves, and we didn't have a contract for it. Uh, but then we got into our new building, but when we left the junior high, we had to go to two services our first Sunday. Uh, another story that God wants to use. You have stories of victories in your life that God wants you to share with others. <coughs> I've been in a couple of churches where they have the pastor's pictures on the wall or the hallway or someplace where everybody will see them. And uh, then they say, when this pastor was here, and I've heard it said from the summit people, when this pastor was here, this happened. When this pastor was here, that happened. And when so-and-so was here, this happened. And and uh, so we, we uh, our, our churches have a story. And... Uh, Sometimes it's happy, sometimes it's sad, sometimes it's glorious. Uh, like most churches, this church has experienced all of the past, whatever we have. Can't do anything about the past. We can learn from it and do great things about the future. And so I'm excited about what God's going to do next. It doesn't matter what's been written in your story, in your life to this point, but it matters what happens from now on. The truth is that people in churches also have all kinds of stories. I want you to get this. <clears throat> I can't start the next chapter of my life if I just keep reading the last chapter. Let me say that again. I can't start writing the next chapter of my life if I just keep reading over and over again. I like the old chapter, but we need a new one. As old as I am, I like new stuff. I like change. So you, are you crazy? Yeah, crazy. I like change. Whether we want to or not, <clears throat> there are times when we have to close the, the page of one chapter and start the new. I like that idea. Um, so now I'm looking for another interim. <laughs> so uh, I don't go away like they say, well, I thought you should quit. Well, I'm not quitting yet. You know, some people used to, Vicky said, don't, you know, don't tell people how old we are when we were working. Tell people how old we are, they, they'll say you should quit, you know. Now, when I'm this old, I say, I'm 17 months from 80. <laughs> I'm still going. So um, that's my story. I'm still going to keep going. Doesn't matter what has been written in our story so far. It's how we fill in the last pages that count. <clears throat> And so, 
When I was here a year ago, someone had gone through a season of loss and sifting. But that's not the end of the story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're, you survived. You are survivors, and you are dreamers of tomorrow. You live, and you write. You, you live to write another chapter. And so here we go. My last point is this. Everybody really gets excited when pastors say that. My last point is this. It's been said, if you want to learn about a culture, listen to the story. Listen to the story. If you want to change a culture, change the story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> We're here to change the story. We're here to um, see what God wants to do next. Our story can be changed, and we can help change other people's story. Perhaps you're here this morning, and you realize that something needs to happen to change the end of your story. I'm so glad that Jesus loves you, has a plan for you. You don't know if your name is written in the book. Well, you can know before you leave this morning. This church has prayer counselors, and they're going to be ready to help you. You might be asking, how does one's name get written in the book? Not by good works, not by accident. It takes an intentional decision. The book of life is a book you choose to be in. And God is asking you to um, invite him into your life. Moses laid it out to Israel like this. Today I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessing and curse. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make, how that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Let's stand together. To help you apply the truth found in scripture, we always like to ask three questions. What did you learn about God? What did you learn about yourself? How are you going to apply what the Holy Spirit is speaking through Scripture to your life? We hope that helps bring clarity for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people of Summit Church. Join us in person sometime as we gather as a church on Summit Avenue. Or join us here at our podcast again, or virtually at our online encounter each week. Before you go, though, Pastor Eric is going to give you a special invitation and share just part of his heart for you the culture, and a little bit about the people of Summit Church. Hi, Pastor Eric Samuel Tim here. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Let me first say, our city of St. Paul is absolutely amazing. I encourage you to explore all the history it has to offer. And you need to know this, Summit Church has been a part of that history, along with so many amazing churches. Speaking specifically about the people of Summit, well, we've been gathering here since about 1932. And my hope that this would not just be a rich history, but it would be our forward legacy. History is a thing of the past, but legacy makes way for the future. So where are we going? That's a good question. Our vision is simple, to see all people of St. Paul and beyond living as disciples of Christ, people full of hope, fully known, and actively loving one another living a spirit-led life. 
Our mission is also simple, to provide rhythm, location, and opportunity where you can have a life-changing experience with God. Journey within the diversity to do these three things. Become disciples of Jesus, to deliver hope, and to champion this city. That is where we are going. That is what we're doing. So where are you going? Maybe that's a good question for you. What are your next steps? I would encourage you to join one of our monthly expeditions. The expedition is a simple experience where you can find out more about who you are in Christ, who Summit Church is, what are we doing around here, and how you can play a part. It's less than a two-hour commitment for your whole month. We also feed you some amazing food and even provide childcare. So the question is, where will we go? Maybe we're on a journey following Jesus together. And I got a hunch, we just might not be us without you. We'll see you at the summit where we prepare for life in the valley.